Welcome to Calvary Life DFW's weekly podcast. We hope this podcast encourages you, challenges you, and furthers your relationship with God in a whole new way. Enjoy this week's message. And to run away from challenges in our lives, right? So we, we, we come to church and we're, we, we're, just, we're defeated. Uh, we live our life like, like we're defeated. God's a victorious God. So if he is a victorious God, that means you are. So he does have plans for you. COVID didn't stop those plans. The pandemic didn't stop those plans. He still has. They are good. He has something special for you. That you ought to be encouraged by that. Amen? I just wanted to get that off my chest. I want you to be excited about the things of the Lord, what the Lord is doing in your life. It's awesome. Hallelujah. So Matthew 16, verse 21. From that time, uh, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised uh, to life. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Oh, no, no, never, 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 never. Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. Jesus turned, said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely concern, merely human concerns. Then Jesus said to disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. For whoever loses their life for me will find it. So I want to talk to you today about getting out of God's way. Hallelujah. Let's go before the Lord this morning. Father, we just thank you, God, for you are a father. And you have great plans for us, Lord. And Lord, we want to move out of your way. We're going to let you have your way in our lives, Lord. Let, you, let your will be done. Let your will be done. Lord, we submit our will to you, God, and we, we submit to your will. Thank you for all the plans that you have for all of us here today, Lord. Something special that you're doing in this church, Lord God, and I cannot wait until your, your, your children start to experience those things, Lord. You're going to do something special in this service today, Lord God. That's what you said. Something special is going to happen, Lord God. Lives will be transformed today, Lord God. Deliverance is in this, in this place today. Thank you for being present here today, Lord God. What a great honor it is, Lord, that you chose me to minister your word. Hallelujah. I don't take it lightly, Lord God. Thank you for this opportunity that I have, Lord God. So think with my mind and speak through my vocal cords, Lord. We don't want regular church this morning. <laughs> we want you to move in this place, Lord God. We want to leave here different than the way that we came, Lord God. Have your way in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody give him a shout this morning. Yes, hallelujah. Yes, you may remain standing. Yes. All right. We got one. No, one. Hallelujah. So. So as I was saying, this is the uh, last uh, week of, of our series, and um, it's really, really important to, uh, for us to know how to follow God. 
that's that's what it's about. So those two two words really uh, changed the disciples' life when Jesus came to them and said, uh, "Follow me." It changed their lives, changed their life forever. They thought it was going to be a regular day, you know, it was something that they were used to. They were just fishing, you know, uh, and it was just a regular day as they thought. And then Jesus came and just changed their lives forever. So the art of following God, why following God is an art? Well, because you, we have to follow God while not allowing our emotions, desires, and our will get in his way. Right? Uh, I mean, I know, it's, I know it's hard sometimes because we don't know, a lot of times we don't know what God is doing. You know, we, we don't know God, what God is doing, and we, um, we, we don't have clarity of all, all the things that he's, he's t- telling us or, or, or all the things that, he, that he's doing. But Jesus clearly said in, in our text that in order to be a disciple, we must lose our life for him. We must lose our life for him. Like, so that's, that's like, that's more than being a Sunday Christian. We must live a life that's laid down for Christ. There's more than just being a Sunday Christian, right? It's more than just coming to church, being stimulated, right? But then on Mon- on Sundays, but then on Mondays, you are conformed to the world, right? That's more than just being a Sunday Christian, a life that's laid down for Christ, right? To live for him. That is important. When we follow God, that means like every day we must lay our life down for him. That means we need to get rid of our will and live and live for him, right? You know, we always, we, we try to figure out, God, what's God's will for my life? It's to follow him. It's to keep following him. It doesn't matter the season. We ought to keep following him regardless of what's, what's going on around us, right? So a lot of times our emotions, our desires, our will get in God's way. Like he's trying to do a special thing. He is trying to, right, to uh, fulfill those, those plans that he has for you. But a lot of times our emotions get in the way of what he's doing. Our desires doesn't line up with his, right? And our will gets in the way of what he is doing in our lives. So anybody going to go with me this morning? Got a little quiet. Worship, you were excited. Right, but then the preacher come up, get a little quiet in here, and then talk back to me. Come on, talk to me, talk to me. So here, Peter, you know, Peter was was a great disciple, great leader, right? But a lot of times he got in Jesus' way, right? Got in Jesus' way. So before we get super spiritual, right, I, I want us to try to relate to Peter. Uh, a few a few weeks ago, Pastor Joaquin preached about Samson. He said, we all have a Samson in, inside of us, right? But we all have a little Peter inside of us as well. Oh, I know. It's that, I know sometimes we feel like we're high and mighty and all that. You know, we all have a little Peter inside of us too, right? I mean, uh, Peter constantly got in Jesus' way. I mean, w- one minute Peter was walking on water, and the next minute he was sinking. That so, Oh, but it sounds like we're like we're full of faith. One at one point in our lives, and then all of a sudden we we feel like we're we're sinking. 
I mean, I mean, one, one minute Jesus is, is uh, uh, calling Peter the, uh, a rock, and the next minute he's calling him Satan. Right? I mean, one minute uh, uh, Peter is confessing his undenying love for Christ. The next minute he denies him three times. Oh, we all have a little Peter inside of us. Right? We all have a little Peter. When things get tough, sometimes we follow God from a distance <laughs> because things get too hard. We don't want to face the hard stuff. Right? When, when, when Jesus was getting carried away, Peter was following him from, from a distance. Because he didn't want to get involved in the hard stuff, right? He didn't want to face what was happening, right? So he followed him from, from a distance. So we all sometimes have a little Peter inside of us, right? And so, um, so Jesus called Peter Satan. That's, that's kind of harsh, isn't it? I mean, just imagine. So but, but before we go there for a second, let's just come down from the mountain a little bit. Right. Can we just come down from the mountain a little bit? So we are looking at this story with with a 2020 vision. Hindsight is 2020. So we know the end of the story. Right. So we can easily say, oh, Peter, he messed up and he wasn't spiritual enough or whatever. This and that. We can easily say these things. But let's let's take it back. Let's go back in the Bible days. Right. Let's let's. Is pretend as if we were there, like we were one of the disciples there, right? So you imagine, you know, Jesus, right? Uh, uh, the disciples' leader, uh, you know, mentor. Uh, they they help perform miracles. They witness all those things. They walk with Jesus three and a half years. All of a sudden, Jesus comes to them. Hey, hey, y'all! Um, I need to go to Jerusalem because I'm gonna die. I need to go to Jerusalem because I, I must die. I mean, that's got to be shocking. Oh, my goodness. My mentor, my, my teacher. Oh, Jesus, you, you, you're going to die? I mean, and, uh, Peter got in fighting mode. It's like, oh, no, Jesus, no, who, who's messing with you? Somebody messing with you? I got your back. Right? I mean, think about it for a second. I mean, we, we, we think that the, uh, Peter responded really badly, but how will we respond back then? If we walk with a mentor that long and all of a sudden they come to you and just say, hey, I'm going to Jerusalem because I must die. I mean, he got a protective mode. He got a protective mode. He wanted to protect Jesus. Right. He felt bad. Like, no, what? Jesus, my mentor, you're going to die. Is someone messing with you? Right. So but but Jesus called him Satan. Jesus called him Satan. I mean, Peter was tough, man. Peter took some stuff. I mean, Jesus constantly rebuked him, right? He took some stuff. He was, you know, he's a tough guy. But, but why did Jesus call him Satan? Well, because Peter unknowingly had come into agreement with Satan, right? So he, so, because Satan's agenda does not line up with God's agenda, right? So, so if we don't, agree with God's agenda, then it's opposed to it. Anything that opposed to God's agenda is a part of Satan's agenda. So unknowing, unknowingly, he, he, was, he came into agreement with, with Satan. So Jesus is like, no, get behind me, Satan, because he knew it wasn't Peter. It was Satan using him, speaking through him, right? So, so Jesus rebuked him. So Jesus rebuked him. So, um, so here's here's Peter. I know. I mean, you should imagine with Peter being in this position is like, oh, oh, oh my goodness! Like, like Peter, uh, Jesus just rebuked me. 
<laughs> right? And then it didn't stop there. Jesus called him a stumbling block. So first he called him Satan, then he called him a stumbling block, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, because Peter was trying to block what God had already ordained. Right. So he was he was black. So sometimes we be we become a stumbling block. You know, we put like uh, things in front of us that trips us along the way. Right. So we become a, a stumbling block. Like, it's, you know, I know other people become a stumbling block in our lives, but sometimes we become our own stumbling block. Yeah. Right. We do that really well. Right. Like we put things in front of us that causes us to trip. Right. Is anybody going with me? So stumbling block refers to something or someone who keeps another from a relationship with God. And that's what Peter was doing, right? Because Jesus, the plan of God was to for Jesus to die so that way we can all have a relationship with him. But Peter was trying to block that. Actually, it was Satan that was trying to block that because he knew that when that, if that plan come into fruition, we would live victorious in our lives, right? He knew, Satan knew what the plan was, right? He knew that Jesus was going to go to the cross and, and, and die for all of us, amen? He did not want that to happen, so he was using uh, uh, Jesus' closest disciple. Stop that man from going to this cross. So Jesus recognized, like, get behind me. He didn't say, Peter. He said Satan. So he didn't call Peter Satan. <laughs> he called out Satan. Get behind me, Satan. So God has plans for your life. And when you feel sometimes those plans are not coming to fruition, you know that it's okay. You may be waiting on the Lord, but something just feels eerie about it. You just feel like you're being blocked, right? Sometimes you just have to say those words. Get behind me, Satan, because you know the plans that God has for you. You know, you see something going on with your kids. You know it's not right. You know that they've given their lives to the Lord. So get behind me, Satan. Amen. You know something's just not right. Get behind me, Satan. Amen. Amen. I can just have a few people that will go with me this morning. This would be an exciting message. Talk back to me. So sometimes we become our own stumbling blocks and sometimes we become a stumbling block for others, right? So the biblical stumbling block involves a, a more mature believer exercising Christian liberty in a way that it hurts a younger, less mature believer. You got all that? Right? So 1 Corinthians uh, 8, 9 says, be careful, however, that the, that the exercise of your rights does not become a stumbling block to the weak. So, so, so the Corinthians here was, was eating food from the idols. So the, the mature believers were, was eating food from the um, idols, but they, they felt like they wouldn't, you know, be influenced negatively over, over, from, the, um, from the idols, right? So they, they didn't care about eating food from them, but they, they weren't paying attention to the weaker believers, right? The, they, they're watching. They weren't weak enough because if they go get, uh, eat food from them, right, they may get influenced by the idols, right? Are, are you with me so far? Right. So that's we have to understand that like our lifestyle matters. Right. So it's not so much about sin. Right. Right. Because uh, that, that's a stumbling block because sin is bad in, in itself. Right. But sometimes we become a stumbling block because usually those gray areas. Right. Where things are not so so bad, but things are uh, not so good at the same time. Right. You know, so um, I know my my household like we um, 
people exercise their liberty of eating whatever they want to. And so I can't. You know, I can't. I have to watch what I eat. But, you know, there's a lot of food going. It's like a buffet in my house every day, right? Steak, right? Uh, macaroni and cheese, ice cream, and everyone's just eating freely. They're just enjoying their lives, right? They're just exercising their liberty of eating whatever they want. And I'm just there miserable. It's not right. They are stumbling blocks and they don't even know it. I'm the weaker one. I'm the weaker one. Right? What we do, we have to watch, we have to watch how we live our lives. We have to watch the decisions that, that we make. But it's one thing I don't understand. Some, some people exercise their liberty of, 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 of drinking alcohol. Right? So, so right, I'm not gonna try to condemn anyone for, for doing that. If that that's your prerogative. If you feel like like you don't have an issue with it and, and all that, you 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 can drink and you're okay with it, okay, that's that's fine. But why take a picture of it and post it on social media? That I, that I don't understand. Then you become a stumbling block. Why does everyone have to know that you're at this place, right, that can be questionable, right? And you're just, I mean, I'm just saying, right? You're the mature believer, but there are some weaker believers out there, right, who may struggle with it. So if they see you doing it, they may think it's okay, and then it will cause them to sin. You just put something in front of them, right, that's, that's now getting in a way for them getting to Jesus. So as mature believers, we must remove every obstacle so that way the weaker believer can get to Jesus. Is anyone coming with me today? Come on, we're going somewhere today. So we don't want to be a stumbling block. It's all about getting to Jesus. It's all about getting to Jesus. Don't cause any stumbling blocks. Any stumbling, remove them. Anything that's in front of you that's preventing you from getting to Jesus must go. It must go. It must go. Come on. So, so let's talk about stumbling blocks. Can we do that? So three, three stumbling blocks we must be aware of. Three stumbling blocks we must be aware of. The first one, human concerns over God concerns. <laughs> so it's what, it's what, it's what uh, Jesus said to Peter. That's why he called Peter a stumbling block, because he was more concerned about human concerns than God godly concerns, right? So he was just like, oh, you know, so you're, he's like, his heart is not for the God, godly things. It was for the human things. So Peter was too focused on his self-interest, right? He, was, he didn't have the kingdom perspective. It's like you walk, uh, walk with Jesus long enough, you should have a kingdom perspective, <laughs> right? So he wasn't, he wasn't, he, he wasn't focused on uh, uh, the kingdom perspective. Right? So God concerns transcends human concern. God concerns transcends human concerns. Yeah. Yeah. It does. God concerns transcends human concerns. So we must have a kingdom perspective. See, see, so the, the Bible says the peace of God transcends understanding. Right? Right, so we have we have to get this. We have to understand uh, uh, God's perspective. We have to look, see life out of God's perspective, not just human perspective. Right. So, so, 
So God's, uh, God's concerns transcends human concerns. So it's like, so God, is, his concerns are, are much greater than our concerns, right? Uh, so God didn't need help creating this world. Like we, have, we must know who, you know who our God is, right? He, he, he didn't need any help creating this world, right? Uh, God is, is not bound by, the, uh, his thoughts are not bound by the world. It's, it's not. It transcends all, all those things, right? Um, you know, so God, God, God never will uh, forget how to be God. I say that all the time. Like, he does, doesn't matter what's going on in our life, he would never forget how to be God, right? Because he, he, he's, he's working all, all the time, right? So God has plans, right? And he does not have to submit those plans to man. He does not report to anyone. He, doesn't re- he does not have a boss. He is the boss. God doesn't need uh, to, to rely on man's resources because he had all the resources at, you know, uh, available for us. He created all resources, right? So he doesn't need to ask man for wisdom because he is wisdom, right? We have to understand that. So, so, so God holds every belt for every weight class because he's undefeated. He is the champ. He will never lose a battle. Our God is undefeated, I said. So if he calls you to a fight, that means you're going to win. If you're in a battle right now and God is with you, that means you will come out of it victorious. See, God's concerns transcends human concerns. We must get that. We must understand who our God is. It transcends. So we must set our minds on the concerns, on concerns that are not. So when we set our minds on concerns that are not lined, with God concerns, we get off course and hinder God's work in our lives. One thing we have to understand, human concerns draw us away from the Lord and into the world. See, we are either, we are either transforming or conforming. Right? It's like there's no in-between. When you give your life to the, to the Lord and he, you know, if he, he is now yours, you, you are now his, right? Um, We are either transforming or we're conforming. Are we transforming in the image of of him or we're just conforming to the world? Sadly, too many Christians out there look too much like the world. Too many churches out there look too much like the world. You don't know the difference. That's sad. We must do better. We must do better. As, As a church, we must do better. As Christians, we must do better, right? We must continue to follow him. The more we follow God, we should look more like him. We should look more like Christ. That is the goal, is to, to be more like Christ. We should know that in our behaviors. We should be more like Christ, right? We transform into the image of Christ. But human concerns draw us away from God and into the world. See, the way you think, where you focus, what you set your heart on is where you will go. See, God's concerns should be our focus, our focus. We must have a kingdom perspective, not a worldly perspective. See, the, see Satan loves when we just focus on our day-to-day concerns and not focus on kingdom stuff. Because, because he know, he, he know we, we, won't, we won't be transformed, right? We won't be transformed. So he wants us, so it's like a, he sets traps, right? So he sets traps. So those, those human concerns are right in front of us, 
and it causes us to trip over them every day because that's what we focus on, right? But the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God in his righteousness, right? So, but a lot of times we focus, so our concerns, our human concerns become our kingdom, huh? So our human concerns become our kingdom because that's what we're focusing on, right? But God, but God, called us here, right? He wants to use us as vessels to bring heaven to earth, to bring his kingdom to earth, right? To bring his kingdom to earth. Did anyone going with me this morning? Right? Right? So we have to understand the bigger picture. It's not just about your day-to-day concerns. It's about the bigger picture. Right? So what we need to do is change our picture. If we're struggling, if we're focusing on the human concerns, change your picture. Get a bigger picture of the kingdom. Get a bigger picture of God's plans, not just for your life, but the plans for this world. It's about to get, it's, it's about to get many sal- uh, people to salvation. We need to get as many people that we can get to salvation, to receive him. Heaven here on earth. We don't have to conform to this world. We can transform it. We can transform, but it starts with us. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. The enemy loves when we feel trapped. He loves to trap us. He trapped us from things of the past, right? Uh, so if, we, if we're trapped in, in the past, we can never see the future. Right? We can't even fathom that good things are going to happen to us. You get upset when, when a preacher or someone says, God has great plans for you. No, I don't see that. What do you mean? God has great plans for me. What? Well, all I see is just bad things happening to me. The enemy loves when we feel trapped, right? He loves when we don't we don't uh, function victorious. He loves when we don't walk in that victorious life. He loves it, right? He loves it, especially he wants us to operate in guilt. He loves it when we when we feel guilty all the time, right? Because guilt becomes a glue that keeps you stuck on events that God already moved on from, right? So when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, what did God do immediately? He called Adam, where are you? Because he knew that they were hiding in guilt and shame because they were naked. They realized they were naked. You get it? They were what? Naked. Right? So God wanted to remove the guilt and shame right right away from them. Yes, they sinned, and they will have to reek from that. But he did not want them to feel guilt. Sometimes guilt is a motivator, right, to do better, but sometimes we just lay in guilt for too long, and the enemy uses that, right? And we start to punish ourselves, right? So stop punishing yourself for mistakes that God already forgave you for. Ah. Come on. Well, you just, you're putting restraints on yourself, right? It's not what happened that puts you in bondage. It's that you keep thinking about it. (laughs) You keep reliving it. That puts you in restraints. That puts you in bondage. You are free. The presence of the Lord is saying to someone today, you are free. He already loosened the shackles, but you just got your hands in there and your feet in the shackles. You you just don't want to move. The shackles are loose. Get up from the shackles. 
Remove them out of your way. They, they become, it's a stumbling block. The shackles are a stumbling block. Remove them out of your way. You can walk. You can move forward. Amen. Because if you're still in shackles, you can't get to Jesus. You can't be the person that he calls you to be. God said, I, I, I loosen the shackle. He said, because I have the key. Your past doesn't. Whoever hurts you doesn't have the key. I have the key, and I loosen the shackles. You are free to walk. You are free to go. You are free to live. You are free to be the person that I called you to be. You are free. Guilt. See, when, when we live in guilt, you allow the person you used to be punish the person you're supposed to be. So let's just have a funeral today. Let's have a funeral today and say goodbye to guilt. Can we do that this morning? Can we just say goodbye to guilt? Goodbye, guilt. Goodbye, guilt. The shackles are, are loose. I'm free from my past today. Before the Israelites were, um, were to enter in the, in the promised land, God had to re remove the reproach from them. All the guilt that they had that was weighing on them from being slaves for that many years. He said, oh, no, 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 no. You're not going to walk into this new season with old stuff. <laughs> so God's trying to free someone today here. You will not walk into this new season with old stuff. So I'm going to remove it right now before you enter in this new thing that I'm doing, this great thing, this plans that I have for you, this new season that I have for you. I'm removing the reproach from you. I'm removing guilt from you. Bless the Lord. Oh, my gosh. One, one day I'm going to have an exciting church standing, clapping, shouting. Hallelujah. So we must renew our minds. We must remove the only way to to have a, a godly perspective is to remove, renew our minds. That's what it says in um, Romans 12, 2. It says, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So that's amazing, right? Like we can be transformed with a by a different perspective. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? So when you have a kingdom perspective, you become transformed. It's like, oh, you know what? Oh, wait a second. I don't belong to this world. I don't belong to this world. I belong to the kingdom of God. I'm going to start looking uh, at life through the lens of God. It's, it'll change your life. You'll be transformed. You'll be transformed. Sickness won't have a hold on you. Doubt won't have the hold on you. Fear won't have a hold on you, right? Because you're looking at life through a different lens. Different lens. So we must renew our mind. So stop making your mind a sidewalk for the devil to trample on. I'm going to move on. So the first stumbling block we need to be aware of is human concern. It's God concern. The second one, I believe it or not, is temptation. Right? Temptation can be a stumbling block. Right? Temptation itself is not a sin, right? Because we all get tempted. Right? But it's, it's, it's but a certain temptation we leave in front of us and we keep tripping over all the time. We don't remove it. Like we, we don't re remove it, right? So if you're if you're on a on a diet and if 
you know, and or you're like me, you have to stay away from certain foods. If I keep putting chips in front of me, right, what do you think is going to happen? The chips is going to win. It's going to win. The chips will win. I know because I'm the weaker vessel, right? I know I, I'm not strong enough to, re, to resist the chips because I like it. So I think we keep certain things in front of us. We don't remove it and we keep tripping over it. Right? So we must remove some of those obstacles that are in our way. Right? So we either, we either tempt ourselves or we tempt others. Right? It says it in, in Matthew 18, 7. What sorrow awaits the world because it tempts people to sin? Temptation are inevitable. But what sorrow awaits the person who does the tempting? Right? So, so there are certain temptations that, that can trip you up, right? So have you noticed in, at the middle of any temptation you encounter are your desires, your concerns, your lusts, your passions, and your will, right? And so the temptations you experience are agreeing with what already, already resides in you. Ooh, it's that quiet. It's that real quiet in here, right? Right? So, um, so, what, what tempts you, it's, it's, it's usually the things you are attracted to already, right? Right? So it's usually, that's what usually tempts you is what's something that attracts you. It's like the enemy knows that, right? So he, he Satan identifies your, your desires, right? But then he sends traps. He sends, he sends those desires to you so that way you can trip over, over them, right? But we must be aware of those things and we must remove it from our lives, right? So that's that. That's why you ever notice that uh, people who gossip attracts other people who gossip. It usually happens. You become best friends. But if we remove the gossip from them, you won't be friends anymore. Y'all bad, right? So temptation. So temptation can can be a stumbling block for us. We can. We can like we can like trip ourselves up, right? So the the solution to overcome temptation is to deny yourself, right? So that's what Jesus said. Jesus said says to us, if we want to be a disciple, we must deny ourselves and pick up our cross. We must deny ourselves and pick up our cross. So John three thirty says, He must become greater, I must become less. That's what it's about, about denying ourselves. It's like he must become greater. I must become less. That means I, I need to be less focused on desires that aren't healthy. And he must be greater. I must, I must be more focused on kingdom. I must be more focused on my relationship with, with God. So he must become greater. I must become less. See, too much of me is not good. It's not. Too much of me is not good, right? So I need to stop so help myself. I need to stop helping myself. Like, I don't understand when people go to these self-help groups, right, where I don't need to help myself, right? So stop working so hard, uh, right, to become a better you. We work so hard to become a better you, right? But God is not raising up a better you, right? He is calling forth the, the image that he created you in. Right. So how God created you. Right. So he wants he wants to see his image in you. 
right? So God doesn't want you to be a better you. He wants you to be the image that he caused you in. Make sense? Because he put something special in all of us. He wants his image. So that's the problem with the church, right? It's too much of us. It's too much of us. Like the, so that's, that's why the world sees the world when they see the church, <laughs> right? No, but the world needs to see the image of Christ. Maybe your coworkers, some of your family members, right? They, you may be the closest thing to Christ they will ever see. But God can give you a word that would transform their lives because they see the image of Christ when they see you. That's what the world needs. So as believers, as disciples, we must transform into the image of Christ. And I know that's a process, but it's only a process when you start the process, right? It's a process. So as we die daily, right, as we win battles, right, as we read the word, as we pray and we receive revelation from God, as we continue to follow him and get closer to him, we start looking like the image. Christ, our behavior changes, how we deal with adversity changes. Amen? The world needs to see Christ in us, right? We can't look like twins. Okay, the third thing, third thing. So it's so stumbling blocks. We have to be aware of stumbling blocks, right? So um, it's um, human concerns, um, temptation, and the third one is pride. People are like, all right, time to go home. We ain't coming back to this church. But pride, pride, pride can be a stumbling block, right? Because pride will wreck your relationship with the Lord. Why? Because pride exhausts itself above God. That's what happened to Satan, right? right? He was the best musician up there, right? You know, he was, he was just, I mean, he just, he knew how to set off a party. Right, but he got, you know, he got prideful and got kicked out of heaven. Like, you, you get kicked out of heaven? <laughs> I think about that for a second, right? I mean, we all, you know, want to li- live out this promise. We all can't wait, right? You know, to the day that we die, well, you know, and then get to heaven, right? Like, like that's it. That's that's our that's our destination. He got kicked out of heaven. Like, where do you go from there? Like, you get accepted, then you get kicked out. I don't know. This is bad. So pride, because pride exalts itself above God. That's why, that's why God despised pride. Right? He despised pride. Right? Because it exhausts itself over, over him. It kills your desire for God. Pride. Pride kills. You know? So we, we must, we must really, um, be aware of any pride in our in our life because it becomes a stumbling block, right? Uh, it prevents us from moving closer to God. I remember early on um, in our marriage, my wife and I, we used to take day trips a lot of times. You know, this is early on, you know, being a new husband, you know, and all of that. You know, I felt really good about myself. And, you know, so we we drive. I, I was always be the one um, assigned to be the driver, you know, and um, I took pride in that, you know, and, you know, so I'm, I'm the leader of the house, right? I'm supposed to be the one that drives and get us to where we need to go. So 
of, of loving her, loving this new responsibility. So we're driving, nice, beautiful day. My wife's happy. She's got her books out. We listen to some great music. She looks at me. She said, go ahead, honey. Go ahead, honey. Yeah, um, go ahead and drive. Um, do you need any help? Let me know if you need any help. Oh, no, baby, I got this. I got this. I know where to go. I'm going to take us where we need to go. It don't matter. I'm driving. I'm driving. And I start looking around, looking around. I'm getting lost. I know that I'm lost, right? First mistake, I don't ask for help. I drive. So now I'm just making stuff up, right? Making stuff up. You know, it's like, I'm like, oh, man. Oh, man, right? And she, I know she know that we're lost, but she's being patient. You know, she said, oh, you, um, you know where we're going? But I mean, what, what, what's happening? I said, oh, no, you know what? I think they closed that exit and stuff like that. We got... Second, second mistake, make, I made excuses. Right? Oh, yeah, they, you know, I think they closed that exit, whatever. Oh, let me get off here. Third mistake, I got off the wrong exit. Right? And I became a stumbling block for just a beautiful day because I never asked for help. All I had to do was ask for help. I got this. I got this. I am the leader. I don't need any help. I can do this, right? Pride, pride, pride. All I had to do was just say, baby, 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 please help me. I don't, I don't know where I'm going, but pride stopped. It just ruined a good day. So now we're bickering at each other all the time. She said, why don't you just ask me for help? And that's like worse. When you hear that, like you know you're supposed to ask for help and you don't do it, then someone reminds you about not asking for help. It's just like just the tone of her voice. It was just like, oh my God, it's just hurt me bad. It cut me deep. It was just bad. Just bad. But pride exalts itself above that. All I had to do was ask for help. See, pride is an excuse to, uh, it's, pride is an excuse not to ask for help. Pride is just an excuse not to be humble, I should say. Right? But pride is just a detour to humility. Because the Bible says pride comes before the fall. How do you want to phrase it? Destruction. It doesn't matter. But pride comes before the fall. That means eventually you will be humble. One way or the other, you will be humble. Right? So it could be because pride comes before the fall. So it's just, so pride is just a detour to humility. It is. It's just a detour to humility. So we need to walk in humility. We must be aware of areas where we're prideful. It destroys relationships because they're pride. When people don't ask for help or people don't admit when they are wrong, then we are stumbling blocks. It's a, I can't begin to, to tell you how many ruined relationships I've witnessed in church. And it's usually because of pride. Because of pride, right? It's just, it's, it's like, no, 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 because we're all about our self-interest. But humility is about the things of the Lord. The humility says, I don't have no need to be right. I just want to look like Christ. I just want to do what Christ would do in this situation. That's what humility is about. But we ruin so many relationships because of pride. We don't ask for help. We don't say, I'm sorry. We don't take responsibility. Right? We just want to be right. 
right? And so we, we want to win a, win a conversation. We want to win a debate. But God calls us to walk in humility. Walk in humility. Right? So a perfect de- description of, of this, to me, is Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. It's to walk, walk in humility. It's, it, walk in humility. It says to lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways. Right? Then he would direct your path. So it's really not to lean on your own understanding. Ask for help. Acknowledge him in all of your ways. And he, think about it. God will always direct your path. Amen? Don't be a stumbling block to the promises of God in your life. Don't be your own stumbling block. Get out of God's way. Let him have his way in your life. Let him do what he needs to do to create you in his own image. So you start looking like him so he can fulfill the plans. You know, God is the only one who can prophesy a word over you and bring it to pass at the same time. Let God be God. Let him be the king that's on the throne who never changes, doesn't matter the season, who's up there maneuvering things, right? Who has all of us in mind every day. God never has a bad day. He is our king. He's the only one that knew you before you were in your mother's womb. And he had plans at the same time for you. He's the only one that's been in your past and is in, 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 and is in your present and will be in your future. Alpha the Omega. He's everywhere. God doesn't have an expiration date. His love won't expire. His power won't expire. Right? He's unlimited. He's not not bound by this world. He's he's not concerned. He is concerned about what's going on with your life, but he knows his plans. He's He's more concerned about his plans for your life. He has unlimited power. Unlimited resource. He is the one that we need to depend on. Let God be God. Get out of his way. Let him do his thing in your life. Can we do that? Can we do that? Remove every stumbling block that's in your way. That's in his way. Come on, stand with me. Every stumbling block must go. It must go. Come on, if if it's human concerns, God said, I got that. You don't need to be concerned about what you're going to wear today or what you're going to wear tomorrow or what you're going to eat today. Look, if, you, if we could just have a kingdom perspective, we would see God. We would see life in a different way. We would see a different picture. We would see a different picture. Change your picture. Man, a kingdom perspective is what he wants us to have. Be so concerned. 
about human concern. About our day-to-day stuff. The enemy's like, yes. Yes. They won't win the loss today because they're so caught up in their problem. You know, that neighbor, you know that needs to be ministered to. The Holy Spirit's been speaking to you about that name. No, no, but you're too concerned about your day-to-day stuff. Oh, that colleague that get on everyone's nerves. But God placed that person in front of you. Sometimes it's just a word, an encouragement. Maybe no one's encouraged that pain in the butt colleague. Maybe they just need a little hope. Maybe they just need to see Jesus through you. Don't miss this opportunity. We so focus on, oh, I don't have this. I don't have that. God, when are you going to do this? God, when are you going to do that? God said, no, 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 no. Change your picture. See what I see. See what I see. Pick up my word. See what I'm doing. If you have a kingdom perspective, everything else will be added. That scripture won't lie. Kingdom perspective. Stop allowing temptation to trip you up. Remove it. Remove it. You know those things that trip you up. You know those things that really tempt you. You really like it. It's not a sin to like it. It's a sin to perform it. Remove them out of your way. It's preventing you from getting to Jesus. Preventing you from growing. I don't know about you. Where I am, it's not enough. I want more of Christ. And I know that's a bold statement. And you got to be careful when you say things like that because then then there's going to be some stuff that come up that you're going to have to deal with. Holy Spirit is going to remind you, remember what you said? You want to look more like Christ? Well, here's your opportunity. Deal with this adversity in a godly way. Pride. Come on, let's not be so prideful. Let's just be a humble church who deals with tough stuff the right way. Have conversations with each other so that way we walk away victorious together. It don't matter if you're right or you're wrong. It's that Christ is being glorified in our situation or our conflicts. You just walk in humility. That's what Christ would do. What Christ would do if he was at our service today, right? He won't exalt himself over anyone. He won't just say, I'm the greatest. 
I'm here, whatever I say, you know, is, is the best. You know what he would do? He would probably wash our feet. Tell us how wonderful we all are. Because we're created in God's image. That's what he would do. He'd wash your feet. Jesus won't have to act like he's humble because he is. This is the way his demeanor, the words that he says, how he treats us. That's what he wants from all of us. It's a walk in humility. See, pride exalts ourselves. Humility exalts God. I want to open up the altars here this morning. We will win the victory over stumbling blocks today. You know those things that are tripping you up. Tripping you up. Preventing you from getting to Christ. And you know some of those things that you may have experienced may be tripping others. Your lifestyle matters. Once you gave your life to Christ, your life went public. So I'm going to open up the altars here this morning. We're going to pray over stumbling blocks today. Those things are tripping you up. Those things that are tripping you up, we're going to pray over those things. We're going to sing a little worship. I'll come back and I'll close us in, in prayer. But if that's you here today, first of all, first call, most important call here today. If you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, don't let the world be a stumbling block to you. God's calling you to himself. What a great opportunity that you have to receive him as your Lord and Savior. God's worth it. He'll never go out of style. He wants you. So if that's you here today or listening online, just put forth your hand. Can't really see you online, but do it anyway. Just say, I want to, I want to receive Christ as my Lord and Savior. It's something that's been missing in my life. Now I found out what it is. It's Jesus. If that's you here today, just put forth your hand. If that's you online, just make sure you write to us. We have some folks uh, pray with you, contact you and pray with you walk you through a salvation call. Then if you are here today and you want to get rid of some stumbling blocks, just bring them all up here at the altar today. We're going we're gonna to remove them. This is a celebration here today. Because God already loosened the shackles. Now it's just time for us to get out of them.
No more stopping you. Nothing else will block you from getting to Jesus because he has more for you. The pandemic is not going to stop you from getting to Jesus. It's not his, his, your plans that he has for you has not expired. So if that's you here today, come on, just come and receive him. Just come and we're going to break some stumbling blocks here today. Nothing is going to stop you from getting to Jesus. You know what they are. I ask you to come forth right now. God is saying that we're going to break something in this place here today. If you don't, you know what those stumbling blocks are. Nothing is going to stop you from being a person that God called you to be. He says, just to come forth today and receive me. He says, I got a word for you this morning. I'm going to break some stumbling blocks in your life. Come on, receive them this morning. Thank you for tuning in to Calvary Life DFW's weekly podcast. If what you heard today impacted you, be sure to tell us about it. You can rate and subscribe to this podcast or contact us on social media. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram or our website, calvarylifedfw.com. Thank you so much and have a great week.